Chapter 5 of St. Charles Borromeo, A Sketch of the Reforming Cardinal, by Louise M. Stackpole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter 5. The Council of Trent. One of the greatest, if not the greatest event in the life of Charles Borromeo, was the renewal and successful termination of the Council of Trent. It was the young Secretary of State who unceasingly urged Pius IV to reopen the Council, constantly encouraging the sovereign pontiff and tactfully persuading the cardinals assembled in consistory to unite their entreaties to his he and they finally triumphed for at last the pope yielded to their arguments charles was the instrument under providence who caused peace and concord to reign in the church by means of a lasting and solid reformation one of the most important of the ecumenical councils sat at trent though with frequent interruptions from december thirteenth fifteen forty five until December 1563. From the very beginning of the Reformation, Catholics and Protestants had both called for a council. Luther desired one in order that it should decree that the scriptures should be accepted as the sole rule of religion. The Emperor Charles V and most of the twenty-six Catholic princes desired one for the reformation of abuses in ecclesiastical government and discipline. The Pope, the Cardinals, and clergy recognized this need of reform in the head and members. They also desired to define more clearly Christian doctrine, condemn the new heresies, strengthen the bond of unity, and consolidate the power of the sovereign pontiff. After many difficulties, Paul III succeeded in opening the council at Trent on December 13, 1545. It was under the presidency of three papal legates, Cardinals de Monte, Reginald Pole, and Servini. Unfortunately, England was at this time lost to the church, but Cardinal Pole was not without hope that she might yet be recovered and saved. The council held many sessions until September 1547, when it was suspended. In February 1550, Cardinal de Monte was elected Pope, taking the name of Julius III. In the following year, in May 1551, he opened the eleventh session of the council, under the presidency of Cardinal Crescingio. It lasted a year, but in April 1552, Prince Maurice of Saxony, by his military successes, caused it to be again suspended. Years passed. Julius III was succeeded by Cardinal Servini as Marcellus II, and he in his turn by Paul IV. In the meantime, the Emperor Charles V had abdicated. Elizabeth of England was seeking an alliance with the Protestant princes of Germany, and was doing her utmost to aid the Huguenots in France. Philip II of Spain was antagonistic to the Vatican, desiring to place the authority of the state above that of the Church. In unhappy France, the eldest daughter of the Church was torn by political parties, guises and condas protestants and catholics in turn holding sway while catherine de medici ruling for her young sons inclined to each in turn and everything seeking her own aggrandizement and utterly regardless of the interests of religion it was when matters had been for some time in this unsatisfactory state that st charles succeeded in persuading pius the fourth to reopen the council in fifteen sixty two this third period is the most important it started with the seventeenth session held in May 1562. Doctrinal decrees were issued on Holy Mass, Purgatory, the veneration of the saints, indulgences, the education of priests, the duties of bishops, the censorship of books, and other vexed questions. Clandestine marriages were declared invalid, and the office of quester of alms was abolished. The decrees of the Council were confirmed on January 26, 1564, by the Pope, who in the same year published the profession of the Tridentine faith. The publication of the decrees of the Sacred Council was received with universal joy throughout Christendom. 
It was the signal for a renewal of life and energy in the true fold. Devout Catholics became holier, and helped to diffuse among their neighbors a spirit of ardent reform and purified discipline. The Pope, speaking in consistory, said, This day, my brethren, gives us of a truth new life, and binds us to amend all that is wrong, since the authority of the Council has restored the purity of discipline, and given to the ministers of the sanctuary a holy and exact rule of life. We acknowledge and approve the pious and patient zeal of the fathers of the Council, and that they have set themselves with great diligence and much toil, with gentleness and moderation, to root out all heresy and evil customs. Wherefore it is our will that the decrees of the sacred council be observed, and its discipline carried out. The revival and reformation of the church have been triumphantly effected, mainly through the instrumentality of Charles Borromeo, for it was he who induced the Pope to gather together a council of saintly and erudite men, who under the guidance of the Holy Spirit gave forth to the council the glorious decrees and canons of Trent. He did more, for it was through his tact and diplomacy that the opposition of the French prelates was vanquished. Indeed, it is believed that he saved France from the evils of heresy. He also pacified the other European powers, causing them to consent that the council should be reopened at Trent. While the legates, cardinals, and bishops sat in conclave, they sent Charles an exact account of their debates, and consulted him on the most difficult questions. He related these communications to the Pope and to a number of men learned in theology. Having heard their opinions, he wrote to the legates, pointing out to them the line of conduct the sovereign pontiff wished them to pursue. Thus practically the whole work of the council passed through his hands, for the entire correspondence connected with it was personally conducted by him. He, though absent in body, was the life and soul of the sacred council. His keen intellect advised, his dauntless courage animated, his strong will dominated, and his untiring perseverance brought to a triumphant end the greatest of the ecumenical councils. End of chapter 5